Hi there, and welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the 1% Better Podcast. We're well into season two now, and on this week's episode, I am delighted to introduce you to Paula Toots, or Paz, as uh, she's more formatively known. Welcome to the show, Paz. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rob. Yeah, no, delighted to have you um, on the show. It was, uh, it was, I think we connected through Twitter where I connect with a lot of potential guests and uh, what I was taken aback by looking at some of your tweets and posts, there's a very much a positive air or a positive theme with everything you you tweet about there's a lot of gratitude and positivity would that be fair to say yeah yeah uh well just back to my history and uh, i was not always like that okay but um, my my life changed so much 10 years ago when i needed to leave my original career to have a child right and uh, I was, I didn't know I was pregnant to when I was three months pregnant. And there I found out they were twins, was wow. a pre- uh, risk pregnancy. So I need to be in bed all the time. And a month later, I lost one of the twins, oh. uh, turning my pregnancy more risky. So I could not leave bed at all. And a, mo- a month and a half later, I gave birth to my boys. So my boy born in under uh, 28 weeks. Wow. And he was in intensive care for so long. And again, I could not go back to work. And there were so many problems, health problems on him and me. And uh, a year later, we found out that he was disabled. He was diagnosed with autism, ASAHDH, uh, and OCD. Okay. So there my life changed completely. And uh, I didn't find any other path than be positive myself. Sure. Yeah, we definitely talk maybe about about that. I suppose you must have been facing a lot of challenges and struggles around that time. Yes. That would have pushed people into a, a dark place. What were the, the triggers or, or what approaches did you take on to become more positive or, or to look more maybe on the bright side of things there? You you don't, you don't have a choice, really, because uh, like I... I, I was raised to be a professional. I was, I was never raised to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, like my pregnancy was a surprise. And uh, once he born, like instead instead to I be depressed and be sad, like I never wanted this path to me. I'm the type, the workaholic type and the doubt work I'm mad. Like you, I'd be one day without work, you'll be a mad girl. But there, I, I didn't see a choice, really. I said, or I will be positive that I can give a better life to this child that didn't ask to born. Hmm. Or it's no choice there. You need to grab something and carry on. Do you know what I mean? Sure. No, no, very, very good. And I guess then as you started to become more positive and focus on the, the good things that, you know, you had a, a son, it's a son, it's a boy, isn't it? Yeah. It's a boy, yes. D- did it start getting easier then? Did you, by continually being positive, become more positive? It was, was a very long process. When he born, the doctors explained to me that he could take, because he was very, very premature, he born weighing a kilo only, like two wow. bags of sugar. The doctor said that it could take around seven plus years to he become a normal boy. Right. Uh, well, what's normal is like, there's no parameter really to we qualify what's normal. 
And uh, once he was diagnosed, I said, no, I, I don't accept that. I don't accept that. No, know that I don't accept his diagnosis. Otherwise, I love my son more than anything in this world. If I need to live my life, to he be well? But um, was like a, a long fight changing things. Like uh, you start to read, you start to study deeply. Was the, the, the steroids that they gave me that caused that? Then you go to another doctor. The doctor said to me that was because I was all mother. Of course, I prosecuted the doctor because I wasn't that old when I was pregnant, just 33. And uh, you, 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 you don't have where you hold yourself to, to be positive and to try to change things. But like try to change the, the food, you try to change, you, you put him on exercise and you, you, you try anything you can to be sure that this child can be happier. Of course, you're not there looking for a cure because we know for a fact that autism it doesn't have a cure. But now uh, he just com- he just turned eight last Friday, and he's a completely different child. He his vocabulary is rich than mine, and obviously I'm a foreigner. English is not my mother tongue. Now he corrects my English. <laughs> I am degraded in, in computer science, and uh, now he's eight years old, and he can code better than I can. Wow. And never nobody teach him. Everything that he does is watch YouTube videos and listen podcasts. Hmm. He can. I. I. I'm not sure he can hack in my computer, but he can do so much. Wow. Like he. He make animations like that. I don't have. I. I don't even dream that exist. Okay. So he. He's a very special boy, and uh, he's um, much different. Of course, now I would say that if somebody looked obviously autism is um an invisible uh, illness or condition, mm-hmm. but. He's a completely different boy now, but was very, very hard work. He's like, he's endless. It's 24-7. And because of the AHGH as well, right. he's asleep four hours a day, three hours a day. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh, full full on, but obviously he's given you a lot of joy and happiness as well, though, right? Oh, yes. He's the most amazing kid I ever, ever met in my life. And it's not because he's my son. He's very, very special. But he's very, I, I, can, I cannot just say the word normal because I don't believe in the word normal. I think nobody's normal. Sure. But he's much closer to what the society expects as a normal child now. Of course, he has his tantras here and then, but he's much more what the society would accept as a normal boy. Okay. Well, that's great. Look, it sounds like, you know, you're doing a great job with him as well. And uh, it's, it's great to hear a lot of that. I'll just pick up on the point you said, though, that that was seven years ago and your life effectively changed. Then prior to that, maybe looking back in your early career, I know you said you were, grew up in Brazil, in, in Sao Paulo. You, you you know, you have a, a career as a journalist, a producer, an author, I guess. Yes. I'd love Before to maybe, that. Yeah. If you want to step back Before, a little bit. Yes. I was accepted to the Federal University when I was 16 years old. This was December. Then January, I turned 17. So I was very young. I didn't know really what I wanted to do. So that I always be um, I always loved so much our technology, computers, these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I ended up in computer science career uh, university. When I finished that, I used to work on the exchange market. And uh, in Brazil, uh, it is called Bovespa. Okay. And uh, from that, I had an opportunity to start to work for a TV station. And I started there and uh, I ended up studying as well. So I ended up in, in journalism full time. And uh, parallel there, I was in law university as well. 
<laughs> so I love stage and is I think that if he exists a career as a professional student, uh, I probably would pick that. Yeah, I probably would as well, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's a lifelong learning passion. What, what did you want to be when you were growing up? What, what was your, your dream or did you have uh, an idea of what you'd like to have become? Yes, I wanted to be a medical doctor. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> nothing. <laughs> You didn't go down but, that route. Yes, unfortunately, on the years that I was trying the universities to, to be accepted in one of them, uh, on my city were something like, if I'm not wrong, or something like 16 positions only. Right. And uh, I was I was a minor, so my parents said, no way, we're sending you out of the city. Hmm. And uh, so I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't accepted for, I didn't, if I'm not wrong, you needed to have like the high score in biology and chemistry. And sure. my high scores always were like history, geography and Portuguese, like here to you guys are English, there to us is Portuguese. And hmm. I didn't have the score enough to go to medical school. So I ended up uh, going to computer science. Very good. So when you said you, you started working at a TV station in, in Brazil, was it TV and radio? Was it a mix of... It's a group, actually. It's a group, it's a group that own TV. They own a few channels, actually. Uh, now, prob- on the time that I was there, they had four channels that was Rede Bandeirantes de Televisão. They had Channel 21, Channel Watch, and uh, number five, Bungie News, that was one channel just for news, and Bungie Sports, that was one channel just for sports. And uh, during my long years there, I probably passed by every single department that you can imagine. The most of my time there, I spend on on sports, but I also passed by the the editorials as a, a journalist. I passed as well for I started there on department called cinema. Cinema, cinema basically is a department that look after the movies, the schedule, and uh, choosing the movies that are going to the TV. If you have the, the censorship, if you you can put it in certain time of the day, for example, to 10 o'clock, you can not to have nude, to 12 o'clock, you cannot to have swearing. Sure. So I used to look after that part. Right. And but I, I I've been passing for every single department that you can imagine. They have uh, now they have over twenty channels. All my time they had only four radio uh, stations. Now they have over twenty as well, and they have the printed news as well inside the group and the other companies related to. Okay, and um, what did you start? I suppose did you start finding a passion for the areas you were working in when when you got into that work? Because as you said, you did a technology degree and you were doing law, but you were working in a kind of a TV radio organization. It was probably a, a, even a little bit different to what you were studying for. Uh, no, because after I, I was studying communication as well. So okay. communication there, you, if you don't have a license, I don't know if now change the, the rules because it's almost 20 years I'm out. I'm out of the, the country. But on the time you could you could not work for the TV if you did not have a communication degree Okay. or studying it. Right. So you, you had that under your belt and did you find as you were working in that world that it was something you were very passionate about? Did you did you grow to, to really enjoy that or was there other things that you were kind of interested in doing? I, I love the, the how, how busy it can be. And like as I mentioned, I'm very workaholic. I like to be busy. I, if you, I cannot work seven days a week, I don't mind because I like to have my, my head full. So to me, it was a pleasure. When I started to work with sports, then to me was a like was not a work anymore was entertainment because sure. i'm crazy i'm crazy about sports in particular football yeah 
That's cool. I, I read on, on your bio that you um you were writing about English football around the Premier League. Yes. I, now I don't write anymore, but I've been writing for several blogs in Brazil, for newspapers in Brazil as well. Okay. But now I don't write anymore. Okay. I don't find the time. Yeah, time is time is tough. And, and, and during those years, is there a few things that stand out that you you learned that was very you know impactful to your career, I suppose, or or lessons that you've taken away from your time working in uh, in the the, st- the stations in Brazil there. Yes, you you working for communication group, you learn so much. The very first thing is how to work in, in, in a team that I think is very difficult. Like everybody there come from different backgrounds and different knowledge. So you you always will you find a, a massive experience on that. And uh, working in different departments, of course you you'll be learning so so much about so many different things. An example, I didn't understand nothing about politics till I started to work in editorial. Once you start to, to work in a new center on the politics group, you need to to research so much, to learn so much about that. So now I can say I learned, I know lots about Brazilian politics because I was there day and night. The same about sport and uh, sports is a passion. So I, I knew a little bit about when I was producing international international festivals or shows, a, b- a bunch of concerts, like I did Red Hot Chili Peppers, for example, The Calling. And uh, you learn so much about accountants because as an executive producer, basically you're an accountant. Right. You're managing the budget really tightly, is it? <laughs> so you learn a little bit of everything, really. Okay, and I suppose that exposed you to different parts of media. If you're to, if you're dealing with, like as you said, your exec- executive producer for the the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. Yes, in, in in Rio. Did that? So that was for the station. So I suppose talk to talk to me about what what were what was involved in that, apart from managing the the accounts heavily. Yeah, basically what uh, what you you do as executive producer. The first part is you you plan everything. Mm. The the boss you come to, my 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 director would come to me and say, "Listen, you have a show for the first of December, for example." Right. So you need to be sure that you, you have the best deal with the stadium to make the show. You need to plan everything, how it will be from the security that will be in a door to the 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 drinks for the the artists as well. So it's it's, it's very complex, take long months, but it's, it's so compensating when you so you see there the show is happening. Right. It sounds like a project kind of management type role. I don't know if you've been exposed to proper project management. That's something I would have done in my background. But if if it's heavily about planning every single task or activity that would go on around the time of the event, it seems like there'd be a lot of similarities there. I think is is very very similar. And like on the pro, on, on the project management, I I'm not sure about. For example, you need to go and search from the machines to the security, from the new personnel that you need there to be bringing the towels. That Every artist will have a different request. So, for example, I have before artists that said, I want 50 black towels on my VIP area. And you need to be sure that you have there somebody bringing on the, on the tray, the, uh, on the silver tray, the 50 towels to the, 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 the artist. Right. Like he requested. 
that's uh it sounds like a very specific kind of uh i think they call that pr- that kind of prima donna type stuff but um i suppose you have to do what you're asked to do in those yes. situations when you when you was, was moved from the radio station the tv station you moved to the uk when did that no, happen no oh, no no, you didn't no move I, to UK. uh on the time i moved to australia you moved to australia yes to make to be part of a group feds group media and after that, I back to Brazil as a request from my previous boss to build a new cha- a new a new a new a news channel. Right. So I back to Brazil to make this news channel, and uh, I started to be tired, like to the routine of the, the the TV doesn't have routine. But I was I I, I wanted new things. I wanted different things because we just life is so short and. Uh, you don't know if the day that you die, if you're going to a heaven, if you're going to the hell, if exists something after here. So I think everything that you wanted to do, you need to do here and now. Right. So I was very tired of everything. And I said, do you know what? I wanted to make a course of a script, like movie script. Okay. And um, I took my things. I booked myself for a London course. And I moved to London. It was very complicated. I was married at the time, and um, obviously, I put so much pressure on the on the on the marriage as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I was here, my ex-husband and I decided that we should not be together anymore because I was traveling so much. He was traveling so much as well. Right. And uh, my course supposed to be eight months here in London and six months in New York. And after that, I went back to Brazil to see what I was going to do. Right. I have done my months here, and on the end of the course, I met somebody, and uh, I didn't. I cancel my New York continuation of my course. Okay. So at that point, I needed to find a job, and I was very, very lucky. To one of my former colleagues was working for Human Rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, he invited me to go to Italy and be part of a mission. So I moved, sort of moved to Italy, went to Italy to see how was this new job. And um, we, I was choose, I was chosen to to be the group of information in East Europe post war, post war in Yugoslavia. Ex Yugoslav, former Yugoslavia. So I started uh, working in Serbia, and uh, I finished my my mission in Kosovo. Okay. So, so what was your role in in the mission? What did you actually focus on? We we basically research about human rights, the po- the post the post war human rights, and how the community are treated from the government and uh, the at, at the point when I was there was a sort of American protectorate. So America was looking after. They left They left the last mission in 2000, um, I think it was 2007, that Kosovo was finally uh, seen as a, a country. So it was when America re- uh, took back all the troops. But there was Americans everywhere, like big cast. And uh, I used to study and research out the human rights on that area. Okay, so that was even another angle, I suppose, another element of your developing your career and things that you uh, had a passion about. I suppose that was not something you maybe had planned to do. 
No, I never plan age. It was like, do you know that things that one opportunity that jump on your window and you just grab and say, I'm, I'm doing and I will give you the best. I, I, I don't have experience on human rights. Sure. But I put together the experience that I have from 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 law, law uni and the, the experience that I have as a journalist. I put it all together and I said, I will do that with the best of my, with the best of my ability. Mm, very good. And, and what did, I suppose, what were the big learnings that you took from it? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I I saw a reality that I never saw before to start with. It was very compensating in one side, like very as a professional because we could go deeply in research. Mm-hmm. But in another hand, was the this, probably the saddest thing that I saw in my whole life. Imagine uh, our generation, like the, I, I imagine we are more or less the same age. So yeah. people like me and you that saw so, so the whole war happening on, 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 their, on their curb. And uh, the most of you then end up with the, uh, mental health issues. So our generation, almost in com- for a large number of our generation there, suffer, bad- suffer now badly with the health issues. Right. That that's the kind of post traumatic stress and yes that they they get from from being part of of all of that. That's um yeah it's certainly something I suppose as we would watch it on TV rather than be part of it you never get really appreciation for. So do you do you think as your journey continued when was this uh pass what 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 time of, was it was two thousand late two thousands was it or uh this was two thousand five two thousand six more or less okay. So after that, then once that mission was over, what was the next step, and wh- where did you decide to go? Was it something that came up that brought you down a different route after that? Actually, it was before two thousand and six because when I back to to London, I went out to looking for a new job, right? And uh, was a natural a natural next step to me because if I wanted to stay with the human rights, the next mission was in. On the Arabia, I'm not sure each Arabia's, uh, each part of the Arabia's was, but was some something that at the time was in war. And I said, you know, I, I had enough of war. I don't, I don't want anymore to stay that vulnerable. Okay. And I back to London, and I started to looking for a new job. And I went to a producer, and her name was Marie. And I said, I, I need a, a new job. Or I'm looking for a job. That history that you know. And the first question that she asked me, she said, Ah, I'm, uh, I, I have an amazing project, but I need somebody who can create a real person that's not a real person in a new platform. Call it Facebook. Do you know what Facebook is? <laughs> no one well. looking to her. I said, I heard about that, but I'm not sure what's there. So that's why I know that was early than there. Right. And was, was my very first experience working on social media. Mm. And there my rule basically, uh, she had other, her clients with the, comp- uh, the marketing campaigns that she was uh, leading. And my job basically was create an account on Facebook, pretending that I was one person, like one potential consumer. Okay. So there was the 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 page, and I need to talk and to uh, about the the products that she was working with. So, for example, if she she is working with a new trainers from trade market, blah blah blah. So, I ah, look, people, I bought a new trainers from blah blah blah. I was quite interesting job. I love it. Okay, so you were effectively setting up account on on Facebook to to talk about other products and to try and build a 
a marketing buzz around them? Yes. Uh, there I used to be an image editor as well. So I used to edit images for commercials and short videos. But my main role was on their social media platform. It was quite interesting. On the time, you didn't have that paid post that we have now. Yeah. Sponsored uh, posts or uh, you didn't have specific business accounts like we have today as well, pages like we have today. Was, I think it was a very start of the social media and in particular to who was trying to put your products and your services there and they didn't have these, these choices, these commercial choices that we have today. Right. It was very early days in the social media world, but I suppose a good time to get involved in it and really start to, to understand how, how it worked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there I started to make research that I made too now is to do that. Like what's the things, what's the best time, what, for example, here in the UK, what's the, uh, what's the time in the UK that the people open more the Facebook? If you have a target customer, so for example, you're trying to target 19 to 35 years old people, females. So I research what time people open the, the Facebook, how long they, they, they are there, mm. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so you're developing the marketing strategies for, for that. Yes. It probably wasn't long after that then the whole Twitter world became something that you were involved in, was it? Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I... I message all these start for two reasons. I left TG's uh, producer that I used to work with. Like, do you know when you're so tired of that career, you said, no, I need you again to try something new. Yeah, absolutely. So I joined a homeopathy school and uh, I joined a college. On the college, I was studying beautician. Right. My family owned salons in back home. So I said, well, maybe I'll open myself salon here as well. So I was studying to be a beautician in a college and I was in a homeopathy London school. It's okay. when I finished and I degraded as well. But when I finished all the course, then my bo my son born. So I needed to give a break to absolutely everything. The media part, the beauty part, about everything. Right. So once your son was born, that was in about 2010 or 11 or 2010. so? 2010. Yeah. And, and I think, again, reading on your bio around that, just shortly after that time was where you started to look at maybe writing novels and books. Yes, I co-wrote a few books at back home. At back home. And uh, back home, I used to lead some uh, marketing groups as well. What is what gave me the the followers later. But when my son born and I, I needed to give full attention, what I tried to do was I was there almost full time with my son. And every time that my son was sleeping or was there playing, I was trying to I I'm the type of person that need to have my brain occupied full time. So I was there. Sure. Then I, I make myself an account on Twitter. I make myself an account in everything that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And I was there all the time talking about children, talking about everything, like how is moved to the UK. I teach the way, how the, the best way, how to open a case. I think like I learned something today. The next day I was there in a platform talking about. Right. And there I started to have my followers. And um, then I started to make, uh, I back to my yoga. I own yoga about 20 years. And uh, I finished my course for um, meditation and and to be able to guide meditations as well. And I think there I be, there was the point that I become super positive and wrote the, the books that are available in English as well. Yeah, I think 
do, do you like meditation is something I talk about uh, pretty much on every episode you said that's something that you got into was that something you had done in the past or was it just something that you fell into a few years ago like meditation is the the, the main part uh, of a, a yoga I would say a yogi life yes and yoga is part of my life since I born my mother is a yoga since since I remember myself as a person and I started like I was a very very little girl and I used to I remember that I used to hate the start because I said this is so quiet to me I'm agitated I'm a bubble person I don't yeah. like to be that quiet and uh, like they forced me once they forced me twice on the third on the fourth I think on the fifth, fifth session nobody needed to force me anymore so I love that I can strike everything I can put my feet on the head <laughs> yeah, once you get into it, I think it is it's it's so beneficial. But as you said all, all along, you have a very busy mind and you like to keep very active and occupied. It's it's uh it's more difficult, I think, when you when you have that to to really get get settled into men- meditation and and mindfulness. But I think I think as you're getting old, like I'm 40 years old now, you learn how to administrate that, how to to manage that, to teach your body, your mind. So what's the time to be super agitated, super bubble, super... And the time that you need to be super cool, super calm down, super relaxed, like when I'm uh, I'm going to sleep. I teach myself how do not think. So it's a time that my brain is completely empty and I can go to sleep straight away. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. I find it hard sometimes to do it. And uh, yeah, we're definitely um, we're, we're the same age, but I think you might have had a, a better, it might be a bit better at it than I am at the moment. In, 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 the, in the last few years then, Paula, you've been developing books around fitness as well. And is that kind of what you do? What does I suppose a typical day look like now for you? My typical day? Well, I usually wake up very early, like five or five sometimes i i give to myself to seven o'clock in a bed but very very rarely (laughs) and um i would wake up have a breakfast make uh, make sure that my son's up and change it to go to school and usually i book all my customers my my clients the visits that i need to go to um the clients that I need to to see via uh, online or that I need to answer, answer the questionnaires or talk with them, I try to book them always on, on the hours that my son is in a school. So let's say between the, the hours that he's in a school, I will serve you, my, assist you, my, my, my clients. And I try always to fit after the one hour workout every single day without a fail. So I will take one hour every day to go to the gym. And just, it's, it's important to me to keep fit. I can't just, it's like my therapy. Sure. Tuesdays and Thursdays, usually a workout of the city that I have a few customers that's out of the city. So it's the two days that I try to book everybody together. So I jump in a car and I drive around as much as I can solve the problems of everybody and uh, back on time at least to have the dinner with my family and as much as I can as well if I can I would be cooking three times a day days that I can't I cook one but I, I try as much as I can be sure that I, I'm cooking to them and they eating fresh and uh, like we are not vegans we are not organic nothing but I try to cook to them as fresh as I can to be sure that they are healthier Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's very important to, to get the right diet in there. So just in the area of sleep, you mentioned yes. sleep was very important and uh, you get up quite early. Does that mean you have, you get to bed quite early? Is there a certain number of hours a night you try to get sleep all the time? 
Yes, <laughs> I try to sleep five hours a day. That's more or less what I can manage to sleep. As I said, my boy usually sleeps four hours. So, for example, if I try to go to bed at 12, usually five, I'm, I'm up. But if I think that five hours that I give myself is more because my son doesn't sleep much and my husband doesn't sleep much as well. So I end up the punished one. You get punished for that. Just you mentioned on Twitter, I'm certainly interested and a lot of the listeners might be interested in how, how people use Twitter to help them grow their business and help them get new clients. Over the, over the course of the years, I suppose, how have you been able to build such a following? What, what your approach is to doing that? I know you said you engage with a lot of people based on your everyday life of things that come up. Can you talk me through how it's grown and how and things you've used to develop it and grow it? Yes, absolutely. First, I will I will tell the whole history in, in part. Sure. I started with Facebook and uh, Facebook is, is social media in general is a funny thing because I will give an example. In Brazil, in Brazil, Twitter doesn't work. You don't right. have, people don't open the tweet. They make an account today and they never more you go to the account. They forget okay. that each exists. Right. So Facebook was the biggest platform there. Okay. Opposite than now, here, the biggest platform was Twitter and Facebook was very low on the, on the research. But Twitter at the moment is in decadence and Instagram at the moment is the platform. So back into the original question, how it started. Very big groups in Facebook and I started to push the people to, to Twitter. This doesn't mean that people carry on talking with me on Twitter at the moment that I said, ah, come on, let's go to Twitter. Ah, I will follow you. So that started there back years ago. I will follow you and I carry on talking with you people. I'm not a Facebook fan. I never was. Right. I was there because probably was the only, the only platform that we had available at the time. Okay. So... Instagram started very strongly and was I'm how how I can use the word in English. I'm a fighter. Like if you if I buy a cake from you, I ask a chocolate cake, if a white marzipan on the top, and you send a wrong, I will tell politely to you, listen Rob, you send me a wrong cake. Can we sort? But you know better than me when you buy from bigger companies, you buy local, smaller, comp smaller companies, they will sort straight away because they are there trying to survive. Sure. But the big companies don't, don't give you an attention to what you're saying, don't want to sort. So I started to fight for myself and for people as well. Right. And this, I think, was my first accelerator, if I can use this word, I was, for example, you say to me, listen, Paula, I bought a, a cup and uh, the cup become broken and nobody want to sort it. Live with me. I'll, I pass one day fighting for you there. And then another person come and just started to call attention. Obviously, I started to, to push that on my favor and started to use that to convert in business. Okay. So, geez, I convert to bring my, uh, I, I needed to, I don't know if you, you follow my site. I needed to take your field because I don't have any appointment available to the end of the year. Wow. Yeah, I was on your site and I know it's just pretty much the landing page and, and, and links yes, to I the social. Yes, I needed to take you off all the options and services because I don't have availability anymore. And like I'm a one person. Okay, wow. So so effectively what you were saying, just to kind of restate it, if some if a consumer was having an issue with a, a, a product that they bought and that they weren't getting any response around it, they would approach you and you would 
tweet or post about that? Is that is that how? how yes, and I would I would fight with the companies as well. For example, I would say to you, give me here the number of your order. I will fight for you. And I used to fight, and I just I didn't qualify this a service or, or nothing like that. Otherwise, mm. I would call uh, was like me being human being and helping my people. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. No, no, it's it's fascinating, interesting. So, and that that kind of started off a few years ago, did it? And you just started to get more and more people coming to you with those sort of issues. Do you know, I have people that send me messages, send me emails, and like that's one of the reasons that I don't read DMs because I have like every day I wake up, I feel that a hundred DMs. Do you remember me? You helping me to have my money back? Can you help me again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine it can be, it could be crazy with that amount of followers. Yeah. So at that point, I was opening a company and I was opening myself services on, on, on the time it was just a coaching, like a lifestyle coaching. Sure. So I offer, at the time I was offering like small services to help you how to, to move to England, how to buy clothes in England. Everything relate, uh, related to change your lifestyle, I would be there for you. But with time and with requests, I realized that I could have more success doing that at business level. Yes. Of course, today, if you have somebody asking me, can you do the lifestyle coaching? Of course I can. And as soon as I have a, a appointments available, I, I'm more than happy to help any person. And even so many times happen, I cannot to pay pass. Can you help me still? I said, yes, I can. I just need to fit you in between, but still I can help. That's that's fair. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's. It's it's a good deed to be doing that in some scenarios when you know when uh, when people can't pay it's you know you obviously have to make a living as well so um, it's a noble in deed. In particular, when our mothers that have the, a very similar history as mine that have an autistic kid, you you know for far I don't know if in, in Ireland just you have the same problem as here that school is only from nine to three, mm -hmm. so it's almost impossible to a mother. To go and find a, a, a full-time work. Of course. How will you work full-time? In particular, if you're a single mother, how do if you, who will you leave your kid? Like, I know I'm by myself in this country. Like, I have my husband. He's he's a Irish English. So it's just me and him. Do you know what I mean? His family is not here. My family is not here. Sure. We just have each other. Yeah. So it's still very difficult because, like, back home, if I wasn't back home, I would say, Mom, I need to work full-time. You need to stay with my boy. You're retired, I need to bring money home, so you stay with my boy. Yeah. It's how it works, at least in my culture. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's fair. You'd have the support network there if you had more family around, and it makes it very difficult without that, absolutely. No, I, I get it. Paz, I guess, is, so, yeah, go on. Just to finish what I was saying, it's like, yeah. if a mother like me say, I don't know how I can set my life, I had a child, and on the top of that, not enough that the school doesn't take my child have a condition he's autistic he's ahad i'll be sure i don't sleep but i'll be sure i will find time to help you so till now to in just almost 10 years eight years or so that i'm doing that i probably help mothers in the same condition as me the most of them opening e-commerce is uh, working from home and uh, selling services as well at least a hundred, not just in London, not just in England, but all around. And I'm proud to be helping every person I, I can. And still now, if somebody is listening and needs my help, please contact me. I will be sure that I will find you a time to help you. No, that's 
That's brilliant, Paz. Like uh, you know, it's uh, certainly a great deed and a great work you're doing to to help others, and that that certainly won't um, you know won't go go unrewarded. I would hope for you. I guess you probably get a lot of satisfaction out of doing it as well. So much, so much. Is I have two pleasures in life. One is when I make a project, I, I built for you a business plan, for example, and you follow everything and you you, you, you reach the goal that we, we wrote together. Jeez, it's not a smile on my face, it's a smile on my soul. Like I feel a better human being, like it doesn't matter, 1% better, like you say. Like I feel so much better as a human being, like I, I, I won a trophy. Yeah, and the other big place I have in life is cook, and I I I don't reach just waiting the person put the 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 spoon on the mouth to see what what's tasting it. Is sorry, say that again. When I'm uh, the second place, I said the massive pleasure when I'm making the coaching, when I'm serving with the coaching, and uh, the person achieves something that gives me a smile on the soul. And the same, the same feeling I have when I'm there making my second passion, that's to cook, to bake. Okay. So in the person, I, I'm there, I, I don't eat. I just waiting the person put the spoon on the mouth <laughs> so I can see the face if it's good or not. Very good. So through coaching and through cooking, you uh, you yes. get a lot of satisfaction out of it. Well, both both of those things are, are very positive uh, activities to be doing and helping others. Yeah, like from certainly from my side, I'm, I totally agree on the coaching side, the cooking side. I think if I was uh, putting some food in people's mouths, I'm not sure if that they, that would make them satisfied or happy. It might be a, an area I need to work on more myself in the future so what is the future for Paz then what, what, where do you go from here or what's next for you have you goals and ambitions yes I do well first of all you know even I have a British child I have a British husband you know that with the Brexit we don't know what will happen okay so is that a big worry Yes, I'm worried. Even you have a company, if you, you, we are at the moment. If I, I listen a lot to LBC, I don't know if you have LBC there in Ireland. Mm. Is a, a, a radio. Okay. And uh, I every morning I, I put on, and the most of the time the subject is immigration and Brexit and sort of subjects. And you listen histories like people. Uh, I was listening uh, yesterday. There was a Spanish man who lives here for forty years. He asked the resident. He has English wife. He has British kids. He has British grandkids. He has a massive company that give. He has a profit of ten million a year. Right. And he asked for residence, and his residence was denied. Wow. Yes, we have a friend. He's much older than us. He his kids are our age. He's uh. I, I don't know if he's Dutch or also he's Anglo, but no English. Right. I think he's Dutch. Uh, he's married to English. Uh, I think she's a Scottish lady. But all the kids born here in England, all the grandkids born here in England, and uh, he asked for residence was denied. So I start to think like these people are much bigger. Um, prof- uh, they have much bigger profiles than mine. Right. And if they are having the residences denied, how will be the day that I need to ask for mine? Because we know for fact, even I'm Italian, I live in this country as an, uh, in a condition of Italian citizen. When this situation started to proceed, I will need to ask my residence as well. And how, what this will lead? Mm. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, the yeah. You need you have 60 days to leave the country. And we're putting all of this on the paper as well. Like, 
my husband said, if you want to, we leave the country. Yeah. but I... It's not my intention. It's not what I want. I live here for 17 years, like in between going, going and back, going back. Sure. Let's say that my history with my, my relationship with this island is of 17 years. Yeah. But if you ask me, where is your home? Here is my home. I don't know nothing. I don't know where else is my home because I'm here so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I'm and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of Irish people there and a lot of other uh, nationalities across England that would be wondering. But uh, is it is it even on the cards? Is it being discussed that that there's people that can't get residency would have to leave is, you know, even for those examples you've said, they are making profits in business, but... If they're illegal, does that mean they have to, to leave the country? Is that a concern? Yeah, it is a concern. Like, of course, we work, we pay taxes, we have profit, but still, they can say to me, listen, pass, very pleased to meet you. Thank you very much for all the tax you pay, you pay, you've been paying to this country for these long years, but goodbye, see you later. We don't know. Nobody knows what the Brexit will, will lead us. So at the moment, I'm working with my husband, a few options like plan B's, Sure. Because we don't like, of course, uh, if I stay here, I will probably carry on what I'm doing. We also, uh, we, I, I also work with him. I help him with his companies. And, uh, but we, we don't know what this can lead us. So I have plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E going to pay. And we every day talking about that because if they say you need to go, you need to go. And I, I, I don't like to, to, to break the law. So sure. if, I, if, they don't say to me, you can stay here legally. I'm leaving the country. Mm, yeah. I don't want it to be what, what I'm not wanted. And at the moment, here in London, not. But for example, when I come up to Manchester or when I'm coming to work, uh, when, I, when I'm in Chesterfield, uh, I was in a workshop a few weeks ago. I uh, was one of the speakers in Chesterfield. And I was the only no English. And people look to, it's, you're not, it's, you feel not wanted. Right. Yeah, they did say, I think the Brexit results... Uh, or the voting around that time was heavily outside of London was heavily voting for leaving the EU and London was more about staying in there. So there seems to be that divide for sure. I think I think the the, the Brexit the problem is, is is much deeply than the majority of the population can understand. The problem is the the the, the period where the Brexit was voted where was exactly on the, the the war restart. The bombs were happening and they were not vo- voting against the terrorists. They were voting against the the European. And it looks like that the majority of the English people doesn't understand the difference. Yeah. If you have respect for English people, I'm very thankful, very grateful for these people, for the, the country. But sometimes I feel that there was not information enough. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's certainly a lot of unknowns and uncertainty. Yeah, and like nobody knows. Like they, they, I know lots of people that vote to to the Brexit and they now are suffering already the consequences. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, and, and honestly, maybe another day we could talk probably longer about about that. I'm hoping it'll all work out, though, Paz, for, for you and you don't have to maybe go to plan B or C or D. And I guess I hope so. <laughs> and going back to, you know, your your constant everyday positivity, uh, you know, keep that keep that going and and keep that in your in your view. I think one of the one of the other interesting things about today actually is it's called International Day of Happiness. So it's probably a fitting day for for us to chat, given 
given the the gratitude and the positivity stuff that you you put out there. Just before we wrap up, Paz, just a couple of other questions, I suppose, that uh, sure. I would have to maybe share with, with listeners around positivity and how, how they can get, you know, get 1% better. Is there any specific, I guess, uh, influencer or somebody that has inspired you over the years that has helped you be more positive, develop, grow? Oh, yes. My mother is like the most positive person that you can imagine in your life. And um, like she is super beautiful outside, like physically beautiful. And I used to ask, Mom, how can you be better looking than us, your kids? <laughs> and she look, used to look to us and say, because I'm happy. The day that you learn to be happy, everybody will be able to look to you and tell that you're beautiful too. And just to us, it's like each other mother in just words, you just say that. And she's super beautiful. You, you you have no idea. Like she's super beautiful. And she used to look at me. I'm just happy. That's the secret. You didn't realize. And we're like, what, mom? How do you explain that? And uh, what I try to do on a daily basis is like, of course, I have problems. And people look to me. Why are you always smiling? What's funny? It's, it's, life is difficult. You have problems. You have a disabled child. You have problems here. You have problems there. How you manage to smile? How can? And I say, it's easy. You pretend that the problems are not real. You know that the problems are there. You know that you need to sort them. You will do the best you can to sort them, but pretend in your brain, tell your brain that the problems are not real. And it's so funny because when you tell you, like, the problem is not real, the problem is not real, your brain doesn't know if this is true or not. Mm -hmm. So make everything easier. Like, of course, the problem is still there. You need to sort. But you, you're telling yourself that's not real. That's not real. And um, make it easier to sort. You find solutions. Your head is fresh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. That's a, it's, a, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. And, you know, you certainly you are very much what you believe in lots of ways. And uh, you can certainly make your, your mindset change. Is that the sort of work you do in, in the coaching with, with others as well? Do you use other type of approaches to, to help others? Yes, yes. I think every every person is different. So of course, I will I will get like, uh, I have a, a client that's super old school style. And if I say something like that, he will look to me, listen, you need to go, I need another coach because you're not serious at all. Right. And uh, you, uh, every person you need to come for a different approach because every person is unique, every person is individ- individual. But I try, what I always try to do is bring the best of the people in their selves. So, for example, if I see that you, you believe in positivity and you can go for it, is what I will bring on you, is what I will push you to do. Make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But get them, get them believing in it and pushing them that direction. Do you have any piece of advice that you've been given in the past that always sticks with you that uh, you like to share or that sticks out? Yes, absolutely. I always, the, I think the main advice in particular when you using, I will bring the, the main subject of this interview, that's the social media. You need to study your target. So you need to study what you want for a target. So for example, if you one a target that's 19 to 35 is stupid from us go and start to go to the 45 hey do you want to be my friend hey do you want my products because it's not your target and to study study deeply your your target your customers the time that they are there if you're not sure if you don't have money to go for big companies to buy a research go and try daily daily for example today you try to post your things 
at one o'clock and see how it goes, see how many, because there you have the impressions, there you have the, the reports on your dashboard, on Twitter, for example. So you can see how many people are looking, how many impressions did you have, how many people are passing for your messages. And uh, the same on Facebook. But if uh, now, if you need to choose just one to to, I would try all the the social medias at once and um, try to be as much more multitask you can. Uh, now you have free tools like uh, Switch. I think Switch. Switch that's college is pros as well yeah. that you can post you know, of them at the same time so you will start to feel each of the the the, the platforms have more people inside the target that you want to reach okay so uh if you want to start one platform i would recommend instagram because it's the one that's raising at the moment facebook is interesting as well because they have cheap booster posts Twitter, unfortunately, is in a massive decadence at the moment and become like a platform of complaints. So like the platform that people go there and say, listen, Tesco, I didn't receive my thing. Listen, Royal Mail, I didn't have that. So become a complaint platform, like you say. And, and and on Instagram, just just as a matter of interest, it's one I've been trying to use a little bit as well, but probably haven't got as much traction on it as as Twitter it's made, made, I suppose, more for, for video and photographs, but pretty much everything you can put on Instagram, it can go on Twitter now. How do you find an approach to, to boost, I suppose, followings on Instagram? On Instagram, picture, you can post only everything that, you, of course, you can make your, your text, but everything needs to have a picture or a video. Yeah. And uh, the human being is very visual. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're going to a brand, you need to take the pictures of your product, then you use that space to speak about your product. No, that's that's it. It's very variable. For example, if the market that you're trying to work, I'm working with a company that works with trips. So what we do yep. we're working uh, pictures of a different place. So every day we choose between five and ten pictures and we Across hours and hours choosing pictures between like thousands of pictures, the pictures that would call the most attention. So, for example, when we wanted to looking for, depends what you're looking for, you choose the colors that is going there. You choose what's in a picture that can call the attention of your target. So that's why I say the best, the best, the best uh, tip that I can give is always study your target. Because it's there that you have the answers of all your questions, from colors to pictures to shapes to everything, the time that you need to go and post. Very good. And is there, you mentioned Hootsuite and other kind of tools. Any other ones that people could use, especially or even around Instagram, to kind of do that market research or figure out what their targets are? That's the, 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 the Instagram is the difficult one because you don't have much tools that you can yeah. But Facebook and Instagram, you have paid one, you have free ones. In if you if you're looking for even in Google, uh, using Google or using Bing, you will find or even the people who 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 knows that on Google and Bing, you just will see five percent of the internet. So you can use Tor project that you you open a different platform uh, using Safari. So you can use the the GP Web without to use Google. It's not a GP Web like in a bad way, right? But you will be able to search largely because Google you only put you up on the hunt once you ping. 
you got to pay the 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 ads that will not put you up. So you sometimes you don't appear not even in a page of number hundred. Yeah. That's why if you're going for GP research as well, I would recommend Tor Project. Tor Project, is it? Yes. To go to Tor Project, you 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 have a link to your download. It's a safe download. You have the option for PC and Mac. Okay. Having many others, but because I'm a Mac user, so it's more difficult to find yeah. the tools. And this is one that works very good and safe. Very good. You have both versions and the download, you open a, a page on Safari and it's amazing. Of course, I use for the good reasons, but it's, it's, it's a, a door open to bad reasons <laughs> as well, unfortunately. Yeah, no, no, that sounds sounds good. So look, Paula, I know I've taken up more than your hour than we uh, allotted. I appreciate you taking the time to tell me about your, basically about your story, uh, certainly fascinating and very interesting in around the areas of social media. And I know you said that was the main topic that we wanted to talk about, but I, I think, you know. Can I give you just a, a last cheap? Yes, go for it. Uh, the, the main thing, like I see many people do, and uh, people will not take you seriously because you think, ah, this person is using for different purposes or is using doesn't even took the time to make it look professionally. So if you're trying different, uh, like I said, if I would try just one, I would go to Instagram. Or if I want to use, oh, I use, uh, I would use a, talk, a marketing coach to post uh, at the same time on every platform possible for Pinterest to Instagram to everybody else. But be sure that you will make exactly the same picture and the same bio on all of them, because these make the the visitor take you seriously. So having a consistent banner and picture across all your platforms. Always the same picture and always the same bio, always the same header as well. Okay, very good. And that just gives that consistent experience to to who you are. I suppose everybody gets familiar with that same look and feel across all of them. No, that's, that's... Exactly. That's brilliant. And if it's possible, the same content as well. The same content as well. Yeah, and I suppose if you're pushing it out to one, using some of those tools, it can probably post it to all of them at the same time or, or schedule it. Yes. the I, I like to use the the Hooch, but Sprout is very good as well because the Hooch, you have the, the free version. If you're just starting, just want to feel how it is, just feel the vibe, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you have other other good tools as well that will do the same thing. But I don't know, no other will have the free version. True. And please be sure that you're talking back with your followers because when you're not talking back, like uh, the last three months, I lost a massive number of followers because I don't have the time to be there. Sure. Yeah. And this makes me sad because I love my platform. But this is super important. Be sure that you're talking, interacting with people. You're there giving tips, telling about your day. It doesn't matter what you, you, you have if it's to talk to people. If it's small or big, go there. Make your presence. Yeah. 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 And you need to be active and authentic on it as well. And, and make sure that you're giving some value back to the people to follow you, I guess. Of course. And retweet people is important as well. Like, exists one, one theory, the theory of the five. Did you heard that before? No, give it out there. The theory of the five is even when you don't have time, be sure that you have five ideas on, on the internet every day. Three of them from other people. So you will retweet, you share, depending on the platform that you use. So three ideas shared uh, or retweeted or that you be from the other people. 
or you put there a piece of uh, the newspapers, a link of the YouTube, something cool. And the other two, if you don't, one about your business, uh, about business subjects and one about pe personal life. Okay. So there you, you, for example, ah, today I'm working out my arms. So a picture of your, your mate is on the gym, then the business one, ah, look, I'm today here on the London Expo 2018. Right. G this is the best kiosk here, pa, pa, pa. And the other three ideas that you shared, this is according to the top, the gurus of media. This is the, the technique that works when you don't have time to be there full time. Okay, no, that's good. I haven't heard that one before, so I'll, I'll definitely like that. And I, I did hear of one as well that seems to be true is sometimes when you, if I put a post up on one of the socials, you t tend to get maybe, if you got a hundred views, you might get nine people that would like it and, and then one person that would comment. I think it's like a, nine, a 99 and 1% the way, the way it kind of splits up because not everybody would engage. They might look at it, but not comment or retweet. Is there any ways that you typically try and get more people to engage or to retweet or, you know, simply asking them doesn't sometimes do it, I'd say? I think when uh, they, they call one, one per one, when you're talking with people and you, they're giving likes to other people, they will back to you to give likes. When you're following people, they will back to you to follow you. Right. Of course, it's not everybody that you follow, that you talk, that you're giving likes, will talk back to you. Sure. Yeah. But a, a good part will. Sure. No, very good. Paz, look, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. I, I think that was a really interesting hour to talk through your story and uh, lots of tips towards the end of the, the conversation. How can people get in touch with you, Paz, and how can they follow you just in case anyone listening haven't, uh, haven't done so yet? Okay, the best way to find me is, I promise that from now on, I will check every day my DMs. So you can use my Twitter, that's Paula Toots, and you can send me a DM and I will contact you back. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for having me and I'm here for whatever you need to. Brilliant, Paula or Paz, thanks so much for sharing your story and I hope you have a great rest of day. Thank you, Donnie. Have a great day too. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, how did you find it? A good show? Hopefully. Do take a second or two to let me know. And before you do, dive off just a couple of quick call-outs. The new podcast, The 864, 15 minutes long, in fact, 864 seconds is the aspiration, is now out and ready for listening. Check it out on the site. Go to the podcast page. There's a link for 864 there. Or go on to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. That would be awesome. The 864 is all you have to search for. And it's in all other podcast platforms that you can think of or should be. So, have a listen. Every week I release a One Minute Monday video clip which is also a tip to hopefully make you one percent better check that out it's on the website on the video page did you also know that only about one percent of listeners to podcasts not just my own but all leave a rating leave a review get in touch or give feedback and i would love if we could book that trend and put it to two percent for this one so please do take the time to give me a bit of feedback give me some ideas about future guests or whatever the hell comes into mind just get in touch or rate or review the podcast on apple that helps i'm available at all of the social platforms pretty much all at rob of the green 
sign that's either with or without the at sign but you'll find it under that moniker so hopefully i'll hear from you there last couple of quick ones support so i do offer some pro bono coaching get onto the website the support page to get in touch few hours a month happy to do that and if you would like to support the podcast that would be awesome you can do so through patreon and also through purchasing books through the book page on the website that goes through amazon and we get a little percentage i'm not even sure what but it's something and finally just to say thanks for taking the time to listen to the podcast i know there's lots of other shows out there it means a lot that you're checking this one out so have a great rest of day week month year whatever it may be and hopefully you're getting one percent better as a result of these shows take care and good luck